0: Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is Gene Abel, and Gene's here to talk about his book, What, If Anything, is Out There. Gene is a distinguished military graduate from Penn State University with a degree in finance. He also has an MBA from Lehigh University. He began his active military service at the completion of his graduate degree. He was promoted to colonel. He completed the Army War College and was nominated for general. He received the Army Commendation Medal and the Meritorious Service Medal twice. He also worked as a nuclear weapons officer in the artillery branch of the Army, and he later became an Army finance officer. Jean, first of all, thank you for your service, and second of all, thank you so much for being my guest today on Books on Air. It's such a pleasure.
1: You're very welcome.
0: Now, you know, I've been, I interview a lot of people, and it's been my experience that people write books for all kinds of different reasons. You know, there's there's an event that happens in their lives or there's something that inspires them. But every single book has two stories. There's the story that the person who picks up a copy of the book, whether electronically or physically, and they read the book from cover to cover. There's that story that they get. But there's always, always, always that secret backstory. There's always the thing that the reader doesn't know they don't know why that book was written. Was the author inspired by something that happened in their lives? Was there um, some kind of inspiration that just hit them? I'm very curious about how your book, what, if anything, is out there, came to be. Tell me the secret story.
1: <laughs> well, I've always had an interest in this subject. Uh, certainly the sci-fi books are written like War of the Worlds. Um, As an example, but I guess lately, a couple of things have triggered this, uh, triggered me to write this book, to be honest with you, is one, there is, there has been an acknowledgement to some degree by the federal government, United States, uh, that there is something going on. Also, we have seen uh, a lot of reported sightings. And then I also began reading uh, some of the comments of our astronauts. Um, And not only because they were out there in space doing what a lot of us would uh, maybe love to do and never get the opportunity, but also when I considered the types of people that would become astronauts, to not believe or, or assign credibility to what they're saying doesn't make any sense to me. So I guess those, for those reasons, I sat down and I started digging into this, um, and the result was, well, if anything, is out there.
0: Now, because you are retired Army, do you have access to information or files or, or pieces of video that just a normal person wouldn't be able to, to get hold
1: of? I wish I had, but no. that uh, the way the way the system works is uh, if it's sensitive or classified information, you not only have to have the security clearance, which I have had in the past, but there's a thing you have to have called need to know. Uh. If you don't have a need to know the information, despite the fact you have the security clearance, you have no access. And that is to limit the possibility of things getting out that uh, shouldn't. So, no, I do not have any specific uh, information other than the research that I've been able to do.
0: How did you do your research?
1: Well, a lot of it was Googled, okay, to be honest with you. And I read, uh, you know, one thing lent to the next. Uh, You know, you get one sighting, uh, you then go to that one. Um, I read a number of books, uh, a large uh, volume of of, of articles, um, both from the past and also current, as current as I possibly could get. And some of the things went to as as current as uh, the summer of of 2021. So the the book really does have a lot of current information as well as things from our distant past.
0: You know, I really like the point that you made up front when you said that the people who are reporting sightings now, people like astronauts, who we all look up to and value – Back in the past, people would think if someone talked about seeing something in the sky or talked about seeing something landing or talked about seeing something odd, they were considered just oddballs or whack jobs or etc. But I think you're absolutely right. There is more and more and more information. We see things now. We have video. People show you, we saw this and here's what it looked like. And you'll hear, I've, we've all seen. Those news clips where a pilot is flying and all of a sudden they're reporting what's this? Is there something in our airspace? And the other side of the conversation says no there's nothing there, or something like that. I mean I think that's a an important thing to talk about. And I noticed when I was when I was reading book the book and I was looking through it that you had a very specific date in that table of contents, and I'm curious. Roswell, july third, nineteen forty seven. Why did you choose to make that a separate chapter in the book?
1: Well, Roswell really ignited the general interest in this whole subject. It was the incident that captured a lot of people's imagination. And so I thought it was important to review some of the information. And I verified, again, through Googling and through you know articles that I read, Many of the claims that were made by Colonel Carza, who is one of the books that I I reference in my book, and these people did exist. They are as described in his book. Uh, And so, you know, to that extent, I have verified at least their existence and what they did. You're absolutely correct in that today the difference is if you say, I'm interested in UFOs, they don't put you in a rubber room. (laughs) Right. um, they're looking at it um, more uh, uh, inquisitively, I guess, is, is a way of putting it. We also have some verification other than just the qualifications of the person reporting the incident. We have, we have, as you mentioned, photos. We have radar images. Um, I think one of the most convincing points, I, I have a piece in the book about an incident that happened in Vietnam, I believe in 1968 where uh, there was direct contact between the American military, the uh, Australian uh, Navy, and some unidentified flying objects. And unlike a lot of the other incidents, there is actual physical evidence that the Navy has uncovered from that incident that make it very very compelling and i think that's an interesting point that uh, the readers will be uh, will, will take from from my book
0: let's give them a general overview of what the book covers
1: okay first of all what i did is i went back in history and i when i'm saying back in i'm talking twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 years ago and i took a look at what our ancestors must have seen because they carved images on the walls of caves that we have found and verified. These are real things. They exist. And when you look at the 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 the, the, the images that have been carved into these rocks, they look very much like some of the uh, sightings that we're seeing today. Now, how do they come about? No one knows. We have verified that they're real. They weren't just done in the 21st century. Um... I then moved forward in time, as you mentioned, beginning with Roswell, because that was the thing that triggered the great interest throughout the world. I then went from Roswell, and I moved up the chain, and I tried to pick what I believe were the most credible examples that I could find, because there are literally tens of thousands of them, um, that show evidence of what is going on. I also, at the same time, have at least two Examples in my book of bogus sightings, because there are some people out there who do this for their own publicity to make money or whatever, and I do include two in there that are clearly not true, so one has to be careful when you look at these things uh you have to understand that yes, there are some people out there that are, are lying I mean there's no other way of putting it um I then moved uh as I said to today as, as late as last summer. Uh, with some of the announcements by the federal government. Just recently, within the last month or so, an assistant secretary of intelligence for the Department of Defense has been put in charge of a new group to take a look at the UFO sightings. Quite frankly, I believe the Pentagon is a bit concerned because the number of sightings that have, uh, have materialized and the fact that the vast majority of the sightings all over the world have been over nuclear weapon or nuclear energy facilities. I honestly believe that there is some modula, not only in the Pentagon, but probably in other countries, as to why is this the case? Why would there be a preponderance of sightings over these kinds of facilities? Uh, There is also another incident that I have uh, documented in my book, about two of our minuteman sites, I believe they were in the central part of the country, that unexplained uh, in an unexplained fashion, the missiles went offline after UFOs were sighted above the complexes. Wow. the Air Force has never, despite some substantial investigations that I have found uh, you know that were released to the public and able to explain how two sites, each with, I believe, 10 ICBMs in them, all of a sudden go offline. They weren't damaged or anything. There was no sound. There was no nothing. They just didn't work. And I believe these incidents occurred within two weeks of each other, and I have that documented as one of the incidents in my book. It, again, is very compelling in my mind.
0: How long did you work on this book? How long did it take for you to compile all of the information and then write it?
1: Well, I had a lot of information put together, so I sorted through a lot of things. And then I guess I did a lot more research. I would say it took about three or four months. And then after I got done with all of this, I sat down and I said, uh, using my, my, my experience that I was fortunate enough to have in the War College, I took a look at the Uh, from a military analysis perspective. And I said, okay, what if, you know, at some point we have a UFO land in in front of the White House and say, take me to your leader. (laughs) Um, uh, What what does that present to the world? Um, And Although there are certain voids in, in, in the information that you normally have for an analysis like this, I tried my best to show that, you know we have some real issues given the technology that has been demonstrated and certainly if they actually land and are there um that presents some very serious issues should they become hostile now you know that that's another question we don't know if they really exist if they come down and present themselves are they going to be hostile are they going to be uh, helpful uh, are they going to be neutral we don't know but i try to analyze that uh And then at the very end, I also summarized, in my opinion, what I thought were the most cogent examples that I could find. And so that basically is is what I did. And it took me, I would say, about three to four months of actual writing and putting together. But a lot of the research that I had was from earlier time, and I just sorted through it.
0: Did you, when you wrote the book, when you actually sat down and put the information together and decided what to include, what not to include. During the time you were doing your research, did you learn anything that surprised you?
1: Yeah, the the couple incidents that I mentioned earlier, that there was actual physical evidence beyond the sighting, beyond the visual, um, and the fact that there are some confirmations with radar, both planes and ground, of the same incident um that um that that surprised me the the other thing that that surprised me is that in the incident that I mentioned in vietnam right the consequence of that analysis by the department of defense was and this is documented that the dod sent out a directive to the air force and the navy pilots do not engage any uf so,
0: really? That's documented?
1: Yeah. Yes. There's uh, a study that was done, uh, and it's in my book. The DOD would not have issued such a directive without a good reason. Uh, the incidents uh, for the uh, on the Hobart, which was the uh, Australian uh, uh, destroyer that was, uh, was involved, and the evidence that they found clearly indicate, at least in those incidents and in one other, that the UFOs apparently encountered had the ability to d- redirect the weapons used against them back to the sender. Wow, um, that is uh, a little bit chilling.
0: <laughs> Frightening technology, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right.
1: Well, you know, well, I- uh, you know. One one of the things that you know this book was reviewed by Kirkus. You, you know who they, are, they right. are, the review company. Right.
0: Um,
1: their their last sentence is, an engaging and sometimes chilling update of UFO sightings and controversies. That was their last sentence of the evaluation that they that they provided. So, uh, I, I it it is it, it is fascinating. Um, but again, you have to be careful because there are some bogus stories out there.
0: Uh, Yes. And, you know, I'm sure that our listeners are going, where can we get a copy of this book? And this would stimulate discussions around every dinner table. (laughs) I can imagine people talking because this is a very polarizing topic. You've done so much research, and I think the book is so interesting. Let's tell them where they can find it. Now, it is on Amazon, and let me give you the title and let me spell some things so that you'll be able to find it. If you just go to the amazon website there's a a long sort of a light gray search feature box that's right there. Just put in the title of the book and it's what comma if anything comma is out there question mark by Jean, gene g e n e p period able a b e l click on it and the book comes right up. Now, if you've never noticed or if you've never purchased a book on Amazon before, if you've never been to Amazon before, when you see the cover of the book in the upper right-hand corner, there are two words that say look inside. All you have to do is put your cursor on those two words, click on there, click on it and the book Opens, and I'm always doing air quotes when I say that because it's electronic. It opens electronically, and that allows you to read an excerpt. You can also see the uh, table of contents so that you can see what all is in the, in the book, and you can buy it there on that Amazon page. Now, I know that some of our listeners prefer not to purchase their books from Amazon because obviously they're the big bookseller in every market right now. Jean, is the book available other places, if they want to go somewhere else,
1: sure. Uh, Simon and Schuster for one, uh, 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 Barnes and Noble, uh, Goodreads, uh, and if you Google the book per se, uh, it will come up with a whole number of, of, of sources. If if you choose not to use uh, Amazon, but it is readily available, it is out there. Uh, it is both a soft cover as well as an ebook.
0: And I know that a lot of books, if you walk, if you prefer a brick and mortar store, if you walk into a brick and mortar store and you simply know the name of the book and the author, you can order it directly and, and they'll yes. get it right there and you can have it in your hands. Um now, You've got a website. Let's give the website address to our listeners.
1: Okay. My website is G E N E P A B E L. B-O-O-K-S dot com. That's Gene P. Abel Books, plural, dot com. And my website has uh, information about all my books. Uh, it has a, a YouTube which talks about me as an author. And I believe there are YouTubes uh, advertising uh, one of my time travel books, Going Back, and also uh, my uh, romance novel, The End of Destiny. So you can get a better perspective about me and what I'm up to, and uh, uh, including uh, what, if anything, is out there.
0: Yeah, you're a Renaissance man. I mean, you and I have talked before, and I know that you have this interest in aliens, but you've also written a romance novel that we're going to talk about in the coming months. You're truly, when I look at what you've done, I'm absolutely amazed at, at the kinds of things that you've been able to write. Now, you're also on social media, Tell me where the um, listeners can find you on social media.
1: Well, Facebook, Instagram uh, um, uh, are are the the principal ones that I'm on. Uh, I have both a um, uh, personal account on Facebook as well as a best-selling author account on 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 Facebook. Um, I will answer you. if you take a look at my website, you'll also see there is the ability to send me a question or a message, and that will come to my email address if you send me something, and I'll be happy to answer uh, anything for you. Um, I also have offered to, to for if people, uh, you know, some people want to have their book um, autographed. Uh, if you buy a copy of one of my books and you send it to me with about $3 in postage, which is about the average that it costs, I'll be happy to... Autograph it and return it to you. Um, I would like to do it for nothing, but the three dollar postage is is, uh, is is pretty much what you make of a book, so, believe it or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But 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 I have done that for others, and uh, you know some people don't don't care, other people do. But I I thought I'd mention that.
0: Oh, I think that's a wonderful offer, and you're absolutely right. I don't think there's any more spe- anything more special than having a book autographed by the author and knowing you know it just it just changes things and I also think that it's very powerful for our listeners to hear your voice and to hear what you think about what you've written I always think that's a very very powerful thing for us to be able to do and along those same lines our time is running out and I always like to give an author the opportunity to have the last word about their book. Now, you and I have talked before, so you know that I'm going to ask you about what the big takeaway is. This is a very interesting book. It's well-researched. You've done a great job. It's thought-provoking. It will be argument-provoking. When the reader finishes reading the book, and they close that back cover, either metaphorically or physically for the last time, what do you want that person to take away from your book?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for your comments. I'm very appreciative uh, to enjoy uh, talking with you. Uh, I will quote from the very last sentence on the summary of my book. This book will help the reader decide if UFOs are real. It may also stimulate a desire to seek additional information to answer the question. Are we alone in this universe?
0: Gene, you are nothing if not thought-provoking. Oh, it's such a pleasure to always talk with you. Thank you so much for being my guest on Books on Air.
1: Thank you. Be safe, and uh, we'll talk later.
0: Remember, you can find a copy of Gene's book, What If Anything Is Out There, on Amazon, and it's by Gene, G-E-N-E-P, period, Abel, A-B-E-L. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for our next Books on Air podcast, because... Remember, you absolutely never know who's going to be here, and you have no idea what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.